This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. WBBM News Time, 12.03. Great to have you with us for the Monday edition of the Noon Business Hour. I'm Cisco Cotto. The Noon Business Hour is presented by the Village of Bedford Park. 12.49, Stock Picker Monday. People returning to movie theaters in larger numbers. The first blockbuster of the summer, helping fill seats over the weekend. We'll cover that in our next segment. Right now, the coming week will include the government jobs report for June, plus potential action on a bipartisan federal infrastructure package. We welcome back to the show Tom Hudson, the Week Ahead columnist for McClatchy Tribune News Services. Tom, let's begin with the jobs report. What do we expect to be in there? Well, the big thing is obviously looking for an uptick in job creation. We're looking for Americans to re-enter the labor pool, come back into the workforce and be interested in looking for jobs. And then with all the inflation concerns that are out there, transitory or not, either side of the debate that you fall on, you're going to be looking at wages, finding out are American wages rising steadily? Are they are they generally in line with inflation expectations? Are they beginning to respond to the supply-demand constraints that the American workplace has experienced as it tries to emerge while the pandemic is still going on. And just wanted to see uh, not only what's happened, is, is there a way to figure out maybe maybe where we're headed here? I know it's not a predictive report, but a lot of people are wondering if this is going to continue or maybe even get better. I think the big thing there to look at, honestly, is the participation and, and labor pool. Uh, you know, uh, in hospitality, I'm here in South Florida for folks that are vacationing anywhere. Odds are you're walking into hotels, restaurants, uh, uh, leisure activities, and there is just an absence of workers. A lot of companies uh, will say they can't find people to fill these jobs. Well, so are they raising wages to uh, to increase the attractiveness of those jobs? Are people coming back into the workforce? Are, is the, the, the supply of workers in the United States, is it beginning to respond to what's happening out there and now beginning to then fulfill some of those employment opportunities that have been existing? Let's talk about the infrastructure bill. Uh, you know, kind of thought we had a deal. Then there's some back and forth yeah. between the White House and some members of Congress. Now it looks like there's a deal again. Yeah, well, there's not a deal until there's a deal, right? Exactly. <laughs> and, and until until the votes are taken. Uh, and so, you know, I think a couple of things here are working in favor of a deal. One is that the negotiations are continuing. They haven't been cut off. Nobody is stopping talking to anybody else. So the talk continues, which is important. And I think the second thing that's happening here is deadline driven. Now, the deadlines have been manufactured. They've been blown before. There was supposed to be a deal before Memorial Day. That didn't happen. Will there be one before July 4th? That may or may not happen. But I do think a real 
deadline that is out there is August, because by the time Congress comes back after Labor Day, now you're looking at a different tenor, a different tone of legislating into what will be the election year. Uh, Up until now, you've got Congress folks going back to their districts over the July 4th holiday and then the August recess. They're going to want to show their constituents to deliver on 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 what constituents say they would like to see, which is investment in the American economy. And in this case, manifesting itself with infrastructure spending. Thanks so much, Tom Hudson, the Week Ahead columnist at McClatchy Tribune News Services. Just ahead, the latest Fast and Furious movie helps fuel a resurgence at the box office. The latest movie in the Fast and Furious franchise, F9, took in $70 million in its first weekend of theatrical release. Is Hollywood finally back? Let's talk to about it with Paul DeGarabedian, senior media analyst for the box office tracking company Comscore, based in Los Angeles. Uh, Paul, I'm sure Hollywood is watching this closely, and they have to be pleased with what they're seeing. Uh, definitely, Cisco. This is the one everybody was waiting for. We've had some big movies released over the past many months, but this was the first summer blockbuster, and summer started very late this year. Normally, early May is when the summer movie season starts, and here it is. Late June, but we'll take it at 70 million. This is the biggest opening during the entire uh, pandemic era for movie theaters. It's a movie theater only release at this point, theatrical first, as we say, release it in the theaters first. And I think that gave it that FOMO factor, fear of missing out, where no matter how preposterous these movies are, and this one is, it's a lot of fun to see in that communal environment of the movie theater. Yeah, there's just, and we've talked about this really throughout the pandemic, every time you and I have spoken, yeah, okay, in home, it's nice, it's convenient, maybe you have a big TV, maybe you have surround sound, okay, but there's just something about being with a bunch of people in a big theater. Yeah, there really is. It's that, you know, there's that electricity that's in the air, and anecdotally, you hear stories of people seeing A Quiet Place too, and everyone, you know, jumps at the same time, they all get scared together, we all laugh together. We all are in amazement with our jaws open watching uh, a Furious 9 movie or some of those big set pieces in that film. And so $70 million in a traditional marketplace be like, eh, you know, we're used to that. But coming off this, uh, you know, many, many months, uh, over a year of the pandemic, to have this movie open this well is a great sign. We've got Fourth of July coming up. Boss Baby, the family business opens, the Forever Purge opens, and this could be, along with Furious 9, Quiet Place and other films, Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard in the mix, this could be a really big 4th of July, and then leading up to Black Widow, uh, the, the latest Marvel movie, which is going theatrical and streaming on Disney Plus on July 9th. That'll be in, a, a very interesting one to look at. And, and this just gives uh, gives Hollywood confidence, right? Because some of those movies they've been hanging on to. Now you, you have a good weekend, a good couple of weekends, and they go, okay, let's well, let's figure out what the new normal is, but it feels like we're there. I think we're, get, we're there, and we only have about 80% of movie theaters in North America that are open, but that's a, that's a big step up from where we were Back in January of this year, we were around 40% of theaters open. And a year ago, we only had, when in the in really in, in one of the worst parts of the pandemic, there were only about 1,000 movie theaters open. Now there's over 4,600, and we're hoping to get to the 58, 57, 5,800 theaters in North America very soon. Then there's no dog ate my homework excuse when you have every theater open, months go by, 
consumer confidence is restored, then the movies will stand on their own. But this is just a great scenario for an industry that's been really impacted very hard, like many others, over the past year and a half or so. Thanks so much for all the analysis. Paul Dergarabedian, Senior Media Analyst for the box office tracking company Comscore. Up next, separating fact from fiction in credit cards. Information to make cash and save cash. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Misinformation about credit cards can put you on a path to messing up your credit score. Joining us on the McGrath Lexus Business Line, Matt Schultz, Chief Credit Analyst at LendingTree, based in Austin. Uh, Matt, I mean, there's a lot of them. What's maybe the top one, the top piece of information people have to know if they want to actually handle credit well? Well, you're right. There are a lot of them. But one good place to start is that a lot of people think that if they may, if they just make minimum payments, their credit score will be fine. And while it's certainly better to make minimum payments than to not make any payments at all, that one would certainly qualify as a myth because Job number one for anyone with a credit card is to pay that balance off as soon as you possibly can. And and the larger your balance grows, really the more impact it can have on your credit score. So your best move is to really focus on knocking down that balance as much as possible. Yeah, that is. I'm glad you brought that up because I think there are people that they they have that idea. Oh, I need a balance and then I need to make a little payment on that balance and that's how. But your credit is every bit as impacted even better if you just pay the whole thing off. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And and there are cases where carrying a balance can help. But generally speaking, people tend to overthink these things too much. Really what they need to do is pay their balances uh, sorry is to pay their bills on time every single time keep your balances as low as possible and not go too crazy applying for too much credit too often you do those three things lather rinse repeat over time your credit's going to be just fine what about a myth uh, you know people they're, they're kind of skeptical of those sign up bonuses they think they're just a scam yeah, it, it is easy to get blinded by those big sign-up bonuses, but the truth is that they can work for you depending on how you handle the card. Um, it really is important to understand that credit card rewards are a game to be played by people who pay off their bills every single month. If you don't, if you carry a balance regularly, then um, then the math doesn't necessarily work for you. But you definitely can make those sign-up bonuses work for you. You just need to make sure you're using the card properly. Thanks for all the advice. Matt Schultz, Chief Credit Analyst at LendingTree. Still ahead, June's been another rough month for security breaches that impact customers. This is Chicago's all-news station, News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM.
The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us. I'm Cisco Cotto. These are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. Survivors of the Florida condo collapse are talking while rescue crews continue their desperate search. The U.S. Supreme Court turns down the appeal of a case involving transgender bathroom rights. Four large American companies have acknowledged cybersecurity breaches this month. We'll get an update from an expert on protecting your personal information. And it's Stock Picker Monday, a couple of suggestions from a money pro. On the markets, the Dow down 239, the NASDAQ is up 77, and the S&P down 5 points. Oil is down nearly 2%. A mix of clouds and sun with some scattered rain headed to a high near 80, right now 74 degrees. The number of people killed in the collapse of a condominium building is now confirmed at 10, with more than 150 others unaccounted for. As correspondent Julie Walker reports, survivors of the disaster are grateful to be alive, but saddened by the deaths of people they know. Alfredo Lopez looks at the building he once lived in and was able to escape from. I have a lot of survivors' guilt on this, you know. Uh, Why me? and why not my neighbor from 604. She was like a lovely lady. Lopez and his wife narrowly made it out of their sixth floor apartment. It shook when the the, the second boom happened. You know, that for sure, and that startled us. We almost fell out of our bed. Um, But, you know, everything that I saw when I opened the door, you know, facing east, there was nothing there. He wonders how anyone could still be alive after five days. They're holding out hope, but... um, I I think that I made peace. Rescue expert Earl Tilton says there is hope. Rescuers have found survivors as long as a week past the initial catastrophe. I'm Julie Walker. America's highest court has acted on a closely watched transgender rights case. The Supreme Court has rejected a Virginia school board's appeal to reinstate its transgender bathroom ban. The justices left in place lower court rulings that found the policy unconstitutional. The case involved former high school student Gavin Grimm, who filed a federal lawsuit after he was told he could not use the boys' bathroom at his school. The Gloucester County, Virginia school's policy required Grimm to use restrooms that corresponded with his biological sex, female, or private bathrooms. Jim Crisilla, CBS News. A reminder, Odyssey is your new home for all the audio that matters to you. Download the Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y, to listen to WBBM anytime. And remember, 1249, we'll be giving away a pair of Elton John tickets. A deposit for your future. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. The Noon Business Hour is presented by the Village of Bedford Park. Markets are mixed. The Dow down 234. The Nasdaq is up 76. And the S&P down 5 points. Let's see what's going on. Gary Kaltbaum is joining us, president of Kaltbaum Capital Management. You can find him online at GaryK.com. Gary, what do you make of what you're seeing on Wall Street today? Uh it is pretty much the most split tape I have seen in a very, very long time. You have a whole group of areas that are head, just heading down, while the higher beta technology software areas are, are turning up north and, and in a pretty good way. Uh, I'm not sure what it means, but it's something to watch very, very closely because split tapes are not the greatest things in the world. When I see split on November 9th, That was the day the vaccine was announced. So all the economically sensitive areas lifted off, but they started topping out a few weeks ago, and now they're really starting to uh, give it up here. Uh, Anything economically sensitive, that tells me maybe the economy may may have hit a wall or just maybe valuations hit the wall, but I'd be uh, 
very wary of those areas. And that's maybe something to remind uh, new investors of the fact that when you're looking at the market, it's not necessarily thinking about today. It's thinking about a month, two months, six months down the road. Uh, the market is a great uh, forecaster of the future, at least uh, three to six months down. Uh, and again, the other part of the equation is interest rates. While everybody's talking inflation, interest rates have took a nosedive on the long end. So I really think there is a theme going on here. I would stay with the growth areas right now. That's where the money flows are going and just be very careful of anything economically sensitive. And I'm talking transports, anything travel, the airlines, the stocks are getting in big trouble here. Energy's topping out. Uh, so again, very, very split tape. And uh, you got to be very uh, it's always a stock selection business, but uh, more now than ever. Some of those reopening stocks, uh, pretty much you're, you're talking about the wall here. Have we pretty much seen what we're going to see out of them? I think a lot of people were expecting that some of these stocks would rebound to their pre-pandemic levels. Some will, but some maybe aren't going to get there for a while. Well, a lot of them did, and a lot of them passed their pre-pandemic levels, uh, even though the business isn't there because we have that uh, great guy, Jay Powell, printing uh, trillions of dollars, which is souped up markets. Uh, but for me, again, I'm all about price action, what the market's telling me. And it's starting to speak loud and clear here with the lower rates and, and these areas that look like they're topping out. That's why I say uh, the growth areas will do better as interest rates come down. How long? I don't know. But as of today, they're still in fuego and moving into new high ground while these other areas are going into new relative low ground. Thanks so much. Really good insight, as always, from Gary Kalpbaum. You can find him online at GaryK.com. Up next, cyber crooks are having an increasing impact on everyday life. Making sense of your dollars. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. There's been a sharp uptick in cyber attacks recently, often directly impacting consumers. Let's get it the latest on protecting your personal info. Jerry Irvine is here, CIO of Prescient Solutions, member of the U.S. Secret Service Electronic Crimes Task Force. Jerry joins us on the McGrath Lexus business line. Uh, are we at a point, Jerry, and we'll talk about some of these companies here, but are we at a point where there are so many data breaches that, that Americans are they are sort of numb to it? It doesn't even phase them anymore. Yeah, everybody's everybody's afraid of them, but they're so used to it. it you know, it's like the boy who called the wolf. At some point, you just don't even listen. Um, and, and the problem is, uh, no matter what companies do, the weakest link is always the user. So in many situations, what's happened, uh, our users have clicked on emails, they have clicked on websites. Um, the uh, the EA uh, electronics uh, hack was actually somebody who, uh, at the company who was saving their password in their browser, and uh, their cookies were stolen from a hacker uh, through through an email uh, click of, of a web uh, you know of a, of a malware. So there's the the weakest link is always the user. The hackers go after the user, and and then they get all the information. And uh, yeah, you're right. It's really tough to defend against. Uh, let's talk about these companies here. You got four big companies, and these breaches. Well, they've just happened in the last few weeks. Yeah, uh, Microsoft and, and Microsoft was. Uh, uh, U.S. And, and Korea, and you know, there, so there was all kinds of information stolen from them. Although they're saying there was no uh, credit card or financial information, there was users' uh, information as well as uh, investors' information and things of that nature. Um, 
and and uh, you know some of the other ones did actually include social security numbers and financial information and, and all of that. So uh, it's important that users who have any type of involvement with any of these websites uh, understand that there is a potential out there for them to lose their identity. Uh, it's estimated that over 30% of of any of the users' information that was uh, breached within the data, uh, that over 30% of them will have their identity stolen. And so there's the identity aspect of it. That affects the, uh, that affects the consumers. Uh, you also have kind of corporate espionage, though, right, where they'll go in there trying to get corporate secrets? Yeah, and that, that's what happened with EA, right? They came in and stole the, the uh, software for their game, the, the FIFA 2021 game. Uh, and they're out there selling it uh, out on the information. Uh, there have been local companies uh, in the Chicago metropolitan area that were hacked, uh, automobile parts manufacturers that had their their uh, proprietary data stolen, and, uh, and, and organizations over in China then were able to recreate their parts and sell them to companies that have gone out of business. So it's it's very important that, uh, that companies try to lock this down and the biggest thing today, quite honestly, is training your users what to click on and what not to click on, how to use uh, safe and, and uh, effective computer skills. I've talked to people who are, uh, you know, they're inside companies that are doing whatever they can to try to protect against this. One of the things companies have done is, is they've started flagging emails that come from outside of the company. And yet, as I've talked to people, that I mean, that, that almost becomes like, uh, you know, Internet advertising where you, your eyes don't even look at it anymore. You just sort of skip right over it. Yeah, unfortunately, that's the case. So, uh, you know, Probably the, the greater percentage of emails that people get are from external organizations, especially people who work for small to mid-sized companies. So they're getting more emails from external users, and, and it's just like, yeah, okay. Um, but what they need to do is understand that if they're getting an email from an external user, that any type of attachment, any type of link uh, needs to be looked at more critically. And, and the thing is, you, you'll have uh, in emails, they'll have a URL link, something that's in blue that you can click on to go directly to that site. Well, hackers can redirect that. So it'll look like you're going to go to the, the company's actual website, but you'll go to www.youshouldn'tgohere.com, right? And, and they can steal your information. So never go to those uh, links and click on them in an email Always go directly. If, if you're getting something from your bank or from another company, go to your bank's website and, and open it up from there. Don't click on a link that's inside an email. Thanks so much, Jerry Irvine, CIO of Prescient Solutions, companies affected by recent security breaches, Electronic Arts, McDonald's, Volkswagen, and Peloton. Join us this time tomorrow. It's Travel Tuesday. Still to come, our Monday stock picker and money conversation that pays a big dividend. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Stock Picker Monday here on the Noon Business Hour. Chuck Carlson is joining us, CEO of Horizon Investment Services, publisher of the Dow Theory Forecast Newsletter. Chuck, what's your first pick? Uh, the first pick, Cisco, is MYR Group. The symbol is MYRG. Uh, it's, a, it's a small cap company. The market capitalization is only about $1.5 billion. It trades for about $89 per share. MYR Group is in the engineering and construction services business, so that, so it's a, an infrastructure play. They do a lot of work, for example, 
in improving and hardening uh, electric transmission and distribution lines. I like that space. There will be an infrastructure plan approved in some form, and I think a company like MYR Group should benefit from that. The company has had big earnings beats in the last four, four quarters, the most recent being an 86% beat. All right, so MYRG, that's the first one. What's your second pick? Back with you. Something's going on with your phone line there, and you're uh, you're you're kind of starting to sound like Mickey Mouse there. So let me tell everyone your two picks because I heard them there. First one, M Y R Group, M Y R G, and the second one you just mentioned, Select Medical. That is S E M. Select Medical. Uh, Select Medical. Uh, Chuck says both of those solid growth this year and next, and reasonable valuations. We'll get Chuck Carlson back again soon as our Monday stock picker. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.